This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I don't want to take away because kudos to Harley who went down, did his due diligence, grew into the position, and I'm glad he's getting that opportunity. My concern is it's one thing to put an NHL veteran like Joel Hanley in, but when you bring up another guy that was a top pick in the organization and put him in front of Nils Lundqvist, Nils has psychologically said all the right things. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, or he's probably thinking, what do I have to do to crack this lineup? I mean, it's getting to the point where I cracked the Rangers lineup more than I did this Stars team. So that's my question is, what does this hold for the future of Nils Lundqvist? Because if he can't get in and you're calling up a guy from the AHL, which I admit he has improved, but at the same time, there are still some question marks uh, on Harley. It's not like it's a sure thing. And he was up and down last year. If you're Lundquist, you're like, what do I have to do? And is he psychologically now starting to question? And we've all seen that where if you do crack the lineup and you do make a mistake, are you thinking to yourself, well, I'm going to be out the next night? So I have those things in my mind. Whereas if you wanted to make a move to help defensively and you wanted to bring in an offensive defenseman, why wasn't Lundqvist reinserted into the lineup? Yeah, it's, I mean, Lundqvist, it's, he has said, and he said, he has said all the right things. Right. Okay. But you know what? He also said all the right things when things were going poor in New York, and then his agent requested a trade. Like, it's, 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 there's a big difference between players saying the right things to the media on the record and what they really feel. I've talked to players before who I've talked to them about contract things and written stories about it. And they've said the right things. And then afterwards we'll turn the recorder off and they'll be like, man, F that I'm pissed off. I want this. I want that. Like, and it's, and maybe, and it changes whether you write the story sometimes even, but it's like, so Nils Lindquist has said all the right things, but, Whether his he and his agent think what's happening is the right thing or not is a whole whole another scenario. I mean, it comes down to the fact this this is where it comes down to me. It's the stars have to figure they I they have to make a decision on something. They have to they have to obviously obviously Miro Heshkinen is 
the future, the present, and the everything for the stars. Um, you have Colin Miller, who's getting way more. You're getting surplus value on Colin Miller on Colin Miller's contract. He's part of your long-term plans. And any that's just smart. Um, the question becomes long-term, and as you build out and everything, is you're going to have to make a decision on not this season because this season you're just going to you can you can play everything out and you can do what you want to win a Stanley Cup or whatever right you should win a Stanley Cup you should try to win a Stanley Cup I I, I would I would highly advise being a hockey team trying to win the Stanley Cup <laughs> but long term is the Ryan Suter buyout the path is is that the best path forward for this franchise because Buying out Ryan Suter, and I pulled up the numbers while we were while you were, while you were talking about this. It would save two point eight six million in cap hit next year, and the following season. And then you would eat a little bit. And then the twenty five, twenty six, and the twenty six, twenty seven season, you would it would definitely you, you would eat a little bit of you'd, you'd have you'd be carrying uh, one point four three 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 million. Uh, in dead cap at each of the next two of the 25, 26, 26, 27 seasons. So you'd have a little bit of wiggle room to, to deal with on that. But because of, um, but with Ryan Suter there, you keep running into this spot where the coach is going to make the decision between Lundquist and Hartley. Yep. This is where the GM and by extension, because we've, we've acknowledged this on this podcast and it's true. And by extension, the owner, because he is very hands-on, even if he does it quietly, um, have you have to make the decision. Do you want you have to take you have to be the adult in the room, for lack of a better word, and you have to take the decision out of the coach's hands. Coaches' jobs are to win and put lineups on the ice they think can win the game for them tomorrow, not who can be the best player two years from now. That's the GM's job. The GM's job is to from an asset management standpoint to remove Ryan Suter from the situation. So you can have Thomas Harley and Nils Lundqvist both part of the plan. I just don't see how it happens with Ryan Suter still here because Ryan Suter will always be, as long as Ryan Suter is signed, he will as suit on the Dallas roster. He will play. That is not, he's not getting scratched. He's not getting scratched. He's not coming out. So this comes to a point of pride and a point, a big decision for Jim Nill and Tom Gillardi to admit by, and they don't even have to say it out loud, but, but just by their own action, admit mistake in the Ryan Suter deal because of what it did for your long-term and buy him out. And that is, and this is, this isn't even Gavin, this isn't even a debate for me right now of whether this is the best possible lineup tonight. That's a different conversation. It is just this is the long term perspective of Ryan Suter is going to age and get worse. Essa Lindell is going to age and get worse. Yanni Hakapa is going to age mm-hmm. and worse. All of these players are in place where they're going to age and get worse. Nils Lundqvist, Thomas Harley are still on the career direct trajectory where they can age and get better. So yep. there's the whole, there's the famous quote or whatever, right? There, there, there's the GM speak where it's like, I'd rather trade a player a year early than a year too late. And I, I don't remember who gets credit for saying that, but Ryan Suter's already, it, it's time to do that with Ryan Suter this offseason. 
just because you have to, otherwise you're going to create a spot where Thomas Harley or Nils Lundqvist cancels the other out and it won't be internal competition. If they're both in the lineup, it's great because they're both pushing each other. But if it's internal competition for who's sitting in the press box eating chicken fingers yeah. and who's playing on the third pair, yeah, one's going to cancel the other out and you're going to lead, lead to a spot where one of them may request a trade. One of them may want out. One of them, or they're not going to develop it. They're not going to develop the proper way. Well, it's and, and there, yeah. Sean, there has to be something that DeBoer and his coaches are down on about Lundquist at this point, right? I mean, there's he, he, been too he, many he, he, opportunities he, 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 as far as reinsertion into the lineup. Is it defensive? He, 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 he does need to be better defensively. Yeah. He, he needs to get better defensively. And this is where, and Harley has, one thing that Thomas Harley has on Nils Lundqvist is the size. It's not, mm-hmm. and Thomas Harley is not big. Thomas Harley is, is not is not massive by any stints. I mean, he looks a little bit like, but he, he is 6'3 and 205. And Nils Lundqvist is... What what is Nils? Nils is he and Nils is five eleven and one eighty seven. Like it is something where the stars coaches they've looked at their defense from the beginning of the year and they've worried about being too small. They've worried about getting pushed around when the games get hard. And Thomas Harley is not a he's not a brawler. He's not an enforcer. He's not that type of player. But he's still bigger. He's he's four inches and. 30 pounds heavier than Nils Lundqvist and and he passes more of the off the bus test than Nils Lundqvist does. Mm-hmm. He passes more of the you go into the corner if you're a if you're a 6 foot tall forward and you go into the forward with Nils Lundqvist you're staring at the top of his head. If right. you're a 6 foot tall forward you're going to the corner with Thomas Harley you're staring at the Dallas Stars logo on his chest. Yeah. That is I I know people like I know size sometimes gets like and I think sometimes we do think about it too much, but there are times where that's, that is a natural absolutely intimidation thing that people forget sometimes. I mean, how many, like you go and you talk to someone. Um, one of the tricks I had, one of the tricks that I learned in my career, thanks to Jamie Alexiak, because he's six foot six. When I was covering, when I was covering the stars and, and anytime I talk to a really tall player, I try to be, and this is just talking to them. It's much easier for me talking to them as a human if I if we're both sitting down so I don't feel like I'm eight inches shorter than them, which I am. And um, <laughs> and it's and and it's there is a natural human thing of you go into that corner, you go into that battle where Yanni Hockenpah looks like he's gonna hurt you. Nils Lundquist doesn't look like that. Yeah. And it and it's and so it, there's that element of it where Thomas Harley has that. He also has the He's also been in Thomas Harley's development. It's been, it's been handled well this year. He's been able to play every situation. He's learning things defensively. He's been allowed to make mistakes. Nils Lundqvist hasn't been allowed to make mistakes. Right. And that's, and that's the thing where Tom hopefully and hope and, and like, and this is the thing where it's like, it's kind of like the, the, it's like a deal with the devil on this. Like you want Thomas Harley to play well, but the longer, the more Thomas Harley plays well, the more Nils Lundqvist gets stuck in the press box, he may not play another NHL game this year. Yep. And then what happens when you go into next season? Like, I, I'm all for the idea of, I like, I, I, I'm all for the idea of 
giving Thomas Harley the chance right now. I'm all for having figuring out your best six for the playoffs. If Ryan Suter's in your best six defenseman for game one of the playoffs, fine. I'm not upset with that. That if that's if that's the reality, that's okay. But it just goes back to show how much you've taken away the opportunity for development and growth in Lundqvist by making him live in this space where he was getting scratched for Joel Hanley. Like, and, and it, that, that, that's another issue too, where it's like, I hold nothing against Joel Hanley. Joel Hanley should only be playing NHL games when it comes to, should only be playing NHL games with this lineup and with this, this collection of players when someone else is hurt, someone else has had a really bad game and needs a game to look up top. Or you're trying to like load manage and you Agreed. don't want to play guys in the back to back. Like that's the only time Joel Hanley should play. That's what Joel Hanley is. He's a seventh defenseman. And you turned him into competition for Nils Lundqvist. Yep. Nils Lundqvist should not have been in that spot. And then it it's so like going forward right now with the stars, you're at this spot where in the vacuum of today, Thomas Harley will play tonight and hopefully and and and, and I hope he plays well because I don't want him to be in the spot. Sure. But the top draft pick. Exactly. It's but you're at a spot where in a very weird way, and I don't hope this on Tom Harley, but in a very weird way, you get them you have an easier reset if Thomas Harley struggles tonight. And this is terrible, but it's true. If Thomas Harley struggles tonight and on on Wednesday or or Thursday, sorry, tonight and Wednesday, and you're like, okay, he's not ready for the NHL. We send him back to the HL, he still has a soft landing to go play 25 minutes for Texas on Friday night. Like it's almost it's almost better from Nils Lundqvist's standpoint and your overall team development in a very weird and sad way that you want Thomas you don't want Tom but if Thomas Harley struggles you can see the path forward where you're like okay Lundqvist comes back in he gets the chance he seizes it and then and then we buy out Suter in the summer and then they're both in the plan for the fall yeah great but if Harley seizes this which hopefully the kid does he's great he should like hopefully he does then. You have a Thomas, then you have a Nils Lundqvist problem where he's not going to play. And you're going to run into issues of how do we rebuild this kid's confidence going into next season when 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 we brought him in and we expected him to play such a big role. And by the time the playoffs came around, we we couldn't even play him. And we had Joel Hanley playing bigger games. Right. And like like at, at the end of the day, the stars are the stars. And I'm not a Ryan's everything Ryan Suter does is bad person. I, I believe Ryan Suter has a very bad contract. I believe Ryan, I believe Ryan Suter has a bad contract. I believe that he's taken opportunities away that could have gone to other players that the stars should have acknowledged. I, but I'm not the black and white Ryan Suter has never done anything good camp. I, I'm not in that camp. I, I do believe that Ryan Suter needs to be should never have been more than a third pairing guy. And I, I hate that with this alignment. Tonight, Miro Heishkin is going to have to carry him for 25 minutes. But I am now fully in the camp of you have to buy him out for the greater good. And that's what this team has to do. Like if, if Ryan Suter is still on this on this team heading into next season, you have a real problem because yep. I mean, it's either that or like would you rather or it's either that or it's either buy out Ryan Suter or trade Essel and Dell. And I, I don't want to do agree. that either. Yeah, so, well, his his uh, he doesn't have a no movement, but he's got a modified no trade, I believe. That clicked believe, it. Did he? His, Let's check I on. I believe that. he's. Uh, I believe he has the full no. Movement Does full out. no movement? So that one's going to be a tough trade too. So yeah, I mean, S, 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 S at least would be like 
Marketable. You would get G- no more than marketable. GMs love Essel and Dell. Yeah, you would get you would get GMs lining up uh, quite a bit to to, to trade for Essel and Dell. So that's but I I I I don't like that he makes five point eight million, but I don't see where you're going to find. I don't see where else you're going to find. It's going to be much harder to replace Essel and Dell than it would be Ryan Suter. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And and maybe it's a system thing, Sean, but you brought up a point that doesn't show up in analytics. And and that's the size, big, small. And Mm -hmm. I've always thought of uh, the Winnipeg example where you had Tobias Enstroms, who I think was about 5'8 as a defenseman, maybe. And his line mate on the defensive side was Dustin Bufflin. If you even touched Enstrom, Bufflin was in there. You didn't even want to go near Enstrom because of Big Buff. And I personally have this theory that one of the reasons why at Johnston, he's very smart, keeps his head up. But when you're on the same line as Jamie Ben, you know Jamie Ben's on the ice. So I know it doesn't show up on analytics, and people might say, well, that's a different NHL. I still think that NHL's there, where, like you said, if you're a smaller player and there's no protection on the ice, I can go hit you with limited accountability on my side. So well, I, I, I look at, I was watching the, uh, it's from a prospect perspective, just like I was, it was an interesting game last night. I was watching the Detroit Toronto game last night and uh, Detroit called up uh, Marco Casper, their 20, 22 first round pick. And he played his first NHL game last night and he went into the, and, and he got it, got into, got into it with the, with the Leafs and everything like that. And there's something about size and on the ice at the same time is Simon Edvinson. And Edvinson is six foot six, 20 years old, not a nasty mean player, but he's just six foot six. And when you go into, when, when you got one guy who's a little ball of hate and running around, it helps to have the big quiet muscle right next to him. Like you need that, right? Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of you kind of you kind of need that. You can be the little you can have the little yappy dog, but you need the big dog standing right behind him sometimes just as the like proof that there's some that there's someone else there to 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 bring it and I I with the stars and the size and everything like that. Like I hope that's not the reason that at the end of the day two years from now we're talking about the failed Nil, Nils Lundqvist experiment yeah. because they couldn't because they blocked him out like yeah I'm like I mean it's 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 just kind of a frustrating way to look at it right now well it's absolutely just, because we yeah. don't know what we have essentially they they think they know what they have but we don't know what we have and you know what he he might go to another team eventually and he might not pan out but we haven't seen enough of him um, to make that decision yet. Um, I did want to talk about Max Domi, who first couple games were really good, but I I think, you know, I would like to see a little bit more out of him. Um, I did like over the weekend where they moved Ty DeLandria up. I think that was the right move. 
we've been big tied to Landria guys on this mm-hmm. podcast as far as kind of a Swiss Army knife. I thought he did a nice job on that fourth line, but I just feel as though there are better opportunities, um, more scoring opportunities when you have Ty Delandria along with uh, Sagan and Max Domi. So I wanted to get your thoughts on what you've seen from Domi where I, I don't want to say it's not clicking. I don't want to say that at all. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, when you make that trade, you hope there's a little bit more production out of him. So Max Domi's first five games, uh, one goal and two assists, three points, 13 shots, playing pretty well, right? Um, Then since then, in nine games, in 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 double that span, 10 games, one goal, two assists, three points, 16 shots compared to the 13 he had in just the first five games. Uh, minus five, obviously not the greatest benefactor, but just just kind of using it. Um, using what happened on March 13th, Gavin? Do you know? Mm. March 13th. Is that when? Ooh, that was no, that because that wouldn't. I'm. I'm the last time Mason Marshman played a game. Okay, yeah. All right. I was going to say injury. Yep. So that's so Ty Domi, first five games with Mason Marshman in the lineup. Fits really well with this roster. Ten games since Mason Marshman comes out. And even though Marshman has had his, not had the numbers and had some of the cold spells, some, some cold spells, there are things that Mason Marshman brought to the lineup that others, when they try to do, can't do and that is to me one of the biggest takeaways where this is a very well constructed roster and a very well constructed lineup when mason marchman's healthy when mason marchman's not healthy you're missing someone because you need somebody else to step in and help be that other uh bludgeon bludgeoner to go alongside jamie ben max domi isn't that guy max domi is the guy who is I used that little scrappy dog example earlier. Max Domi's that little scrappy dog that is really effective when he's got when he's got other muscle carrying the role and carrying the line and, car- and carrying a bit of that. Um, so I, I look at Domi and it's kind of a space where when Mason Marchman's healthy, I think you get a different version of Max Domi. And I think, and, and you can't just like, you can't tie everything to one other player. Obviously, part of this is on Domi himself, but it it is it is an important thing to acknowledge of how one guy unlocks another part of the lineup and changes roles. Um, Domi, for me, overall, is he had a role in Chicago this year. He was Patrick Kane's. I mean, they're both wingers, but like him, he, he 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 ran with Patrick Kane. And in Dallas, when he came in, he had a role. He, he he had a role that he didn't. Now his role changed, and I don't. I think part of the the issue is we don't know exactly what Max Domi's role is with the Dallas Stars. Right? He is he supposed to be the Mason Marchment villain? Is he supposed to be the guy that is the the scoring boost dude? Like it's 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 kind of it's kind of that spot where I think he doesn't know where he is. It's this weird limbo that was caused by the Marchment injury. And it takes time to get it takes time to get used to a team when your role keeps changing as well. So where I'm going with all of this is the biggest takeaway that anyone says like 
the Stars really need Mason Marchman back for the playoffs, especially as you get to the time where it's going to get grinding. You, you're really going to want Marchman then. And with Domi, it's it's also this is this this last eight, nine, ten game stretch is also the fair sample size where like after five games, we were all like, let's resign Max Domi. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Yeah, I know. I and, know. It, and, 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 and now the last nine, ten games, you're like, okay. Yep. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe Dadanov's worth resigning instead. I don't know. Like it's so I I it's to me the Domi case is very it's hard for me to look at it without that caveat of the Marshman injury. And I, uh, it's, you'd like to see him, you'd like to see him force the issue himself too. Like that's something where you'd like to see a game here where Max Domi comes out and makes us feel like he's like right now, he's just proving more and more so that he's a good complimentary player in the right spot. And that's, that's not a bad thing. Lots of guys have had great NHL careers being complimentary players. But maybe Max Domi's not more than that. And that's just something that may, maybe we've seen where not when plugged into a different role, he's not going to... But deliver's the wrong word, but he's not, not going to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. 